I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Why can't we stream Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg? Is Russia bad for business? And Nirvana's newest hit. You're listening to The Biz Tape. Welcome to episode 74 of The Biz Tape, your all things music, business, and media podcast. I'm your host, Colin McKay, with my lovely co-host, Joseph Wazaleski. Here I am. Here you are. I'm present. <laughs> right, and with your cool glasses. Thank you. Yes, these are my cool glasses. Joe's got very uh, Andy Warhol-esque frames on for the audio listeners. I've, I felt like there needed to be a change up, you know, with not only... My appearance, but now with my attitude. So, Colin, this is my show now. <laughs> I'm taking over. I'm taking over. It's mine. Well, that's good because my Paul Dano Riddler mask was coming and I was going to wear it on the show next episode. So, I wanted to be sure that I was supported in that. And I'm glad. Wait, I'm like glad a, a Paul Dano mask? Yeah, not it's even just the his Riddler, skin. Just the it's face. like the Reagan masks. Yeah. <laughs> it's very unsettling. <laughs> yeah, it's just his face with that permanent smile the entire time oh, anyway <laughs> let's get through uh, some updates as always we have our socials the biz tape pretty much everywhere also the newsletter which is all the stuff i can't fit in the show about what's going on in the music industry people seem to really like uh my uh, kanye west takes that i was talking about that i couldn't fit in the show last week which is about his little 200 dollar stem player and how you can only get donda on that and how all the streaming oh did you see the tiktok where the guy figured out that like they just put the the login for it 
as ye at gmail.com. Literally to get into it. Yeah. Anyway, if you want more information like that, you can follow our newsletter. And again, I break it down and kind of explain, you know, the ridiculousness of it and also the unique Kanye aspects of that story. But any story I just break down so you guys understand and get the big picture of what's going on that we can't fit in the show. And also, if you were subscribed to the newsletter, our newest thing, our playlist. Um, appreciate you guys that were talking to me about the playlist and everything. That was Freeze Frame Credit Energy, which people seem to get a joke out of. So this week's playlist, and as always with these playlists, <laughs> feel free to message me if you would like to add a song that fits with the vibe of this playlist title. It's called Anti-Establishment, But You Work at Corporate. Nice. This is uh, prime office space beating up the printer energy. <laughs> this is it's such a specific. It's energy. very. This is fuck the patriarchy, but daddy, I need a four hundred one k. This is why'd you add daddy? In? Because it's patriarchy. <laughs> anyway, the point is, is that this is for the existential dread that many of you, including myself, from time to time, live working in corporate America. Uh, it is all the you know standard little songs where. <laughs> You're like, we're here, we're really doing this. Maybe you were an edgy teen back in the day, and now you work in corporate. I literally put a song on here uh, by, uh, oh, God, it's the perfect, it's the perfect how, by Midtown, which is a pop punk song. It's called Become What You Hate. Mm. Uh, And uh, other songs I put in here, uh, the quintessential hating everything and everyone around you, killing in the name of. Uh, as well as one of my favorites, which is by Corey Wong, which is today I'm going to get myself a real job. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so all of these songs are supposed to be, you know, getting through the work day, the ridiculousness of it. Again, uh, you know, you're really trying your best, but you're also a rebel at heart, but you're still working there at corporate, helping everybody out. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, Hell yeah. It's like you hate the patriarchy, but you're not going to be mean to Debbie in accounting because you have to get her her paperwork. Debbie's just trying to get through it, too. She's just trying to get through it, too. Um, Anyway, so if you want to, you know, look at that playlist, it's going to be on our Friday newsletter as uh, the trend is now starting. And also, if you want to message me or the podcast or anything, we got the biztape podcast at gmail.com, as well as me and Joe's personal Instagrams and our biztape pages if you were like, hey, this song would work for that. So, yeah. Um, Let's just get started. I wanted to talk to Joe, which Joe, I will preface this in the beginning before I start the story. I posted this on our Instagram story because it was so ridiculous that I needed other people to see it (laughs) before I started talking about it. Yeah. So basically, you might have to hold me back a little bit (laughs) because it is so infuriating (laughs) And, and You're very passionate about it. I'm very passionate topic. about it because it actually deals with music that I in personally enjoy, and now it's gone. What does that mean? So basically, Snoop Dogg, or as my dad likes to call him, Snoop the Dog Dog, um, <laughs> acquired the infamous Death Row label and catalog a love, month ago. I love your dad. I mean, that's what he calls him. Uh, anyway, yeah, he acquired Death Row, which Death Row was the big label that if you've watched the uh, Straight Outta Compton movie, that's what Dr. Dre leaves at the end of the movie mm-hmm. to start. And that's where a lot of these huge G-Funk, big, iconic rap albums lie. And Snoop Dogg, you know, through other business ventures, his own music and smart investing, has, and also Death Row kind of fallen off a little bit, has able to buy the label and the catalog with it. And literally, basically got in the door and was like, I'm doing some changes, baby. Mm -hmm. So we're starting to kind of see those going on. 
as of recording today, this happened today, and which is why I'm even more fired about it. Hell yeah. Iconic albums such as Dr. Dre's The Chronic and Snoop's own album, Doggy Style, and many more Death Row, Death Row catalog uh, you know, songs and albums have been completely taken off Whoa. of all streaming services. Every and, single one? Uh, anything he acquired in that deal, there's some notable ones, like some Tupac albums that weren't owned by Death Row but were first made by Death Row, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. They don't own them anymore. But anything that was under the catalog currently, which is, you know, two of the albums I just named are iconic albums, is gone from streaming surfaces. Also to note is that Death Row stopped selling CDs and vinyl of the albums when Snoop acquired the company. Whoa. So That's wild. Before I get into more of the why, I just kind of want to put into some of our fans who maybe don't know, because I love this music so much, how big of a deal these albums are. Just so you guys know, Doggy Style was seven times platinum. Damn. And The Chronic is a three times platinum record, which is the first record that Dr. Dre did solo from the NWA. It's a very big historic album. It's one of the biggest albums of 1993, believe it or not. Yeah, it's- and the two of them were earning 169,000 album consumption units in 2021 that's insane and these are big track albums that's too. crazy for like even the time period of like it's been so long since they initially released and they're still getting so much yeah almost 30 years yeah so they're very prolific right like, so you're getting again these are album consumption units it's not streams it means basically for you know cutting that down the middle people are streaming the songs from those albums so much that it means one album sale Mm-hmm. So imagine 169,000 album sales a year. That's how much this these two 30-year-old records are still doing. Damn. So, yeah, he's he's taken off. I mean, I don't know if personally Snoop was the one to hit no, but he's the main change of it, and you'll see why. But Death Row's taken off all of these records from streaming services, and people were trying to figure out why. They actually tried to comment to Snoop, Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music, Billboard did, to ask what's, go- what's going on. They did not respond at all. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, just checking in here. <laughs> da, 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 you know. uh, but multiple sources have told Billboard that The Chronic is scheduled to return as soon as next year. What? Okay. As soon? Okay, first off, yeah. as soon? Fuck you. Right. Ne- <laughs> never say you that phrase. That. Never phrase um, Also, next year? So, yeah, this seems really strange, don't you think? Like, you're still making 169,000 album sales a year from these records. And you're You've just going to... You just decided to, to say, fuck that. These are seminal records in Dr. Dre and Snoop's career from the two, and then all the other albums that I didn't get time to listen, like, actually you know, list and everything. And to be fair, I haven't listened to every single one, but they're very, very important in rap and hip hop music. Mm -hmm. So what's the deal, Snoop? What's going on? Well, here's the deal. Drum roll, please. Snoop wants to turn Death Row Records into an NFT label. Boo! (laughs) Boo! And taking it into the metaverse, baby. Oh, I'm sorry. Better yet, he said taking it into the multiverse, which I don't know what that means if Doctor Strange the is multi- involved. Yeah, or, but, uh, did Marvel buy it out? I think what he, they were trying to say is like basically if metaverse is a thing, the other platforms that will be around the metaverse, which I'm not going to get into what the hell the metaverse means, but whatever. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So Snoop has been making a lot of moves and has publicly stated that he wants to make 
death row and NFT label and has personally actually been putting the label in the NFTs as well. Snoop released death row mix one volume one for sale as NFTs on the new web three music startup sound X, Y, Z describing what, it. What are you, what is the, what are these words? <laughs> so he, yeah, he made a compilation of all these songs. It's nearly half an hour DJ mix of some uh, quote, Bits and pieces from my friends and family for you to enjoy. Even a couple minutes for you to throw your own verse in there, Snoop said. And the company that was selling them Sound XYZ announced on Twitter that the thousand NFTs limited edition that they had made of this mix had sold out in under an hour. Well, yeah. And the website had crashed and the secondary market had opened up. So, yeah, I mean, we've talked about before, you know, artists doing NFTs, Colin, what's the deal with, you know, everything? Well, the, the mix was selling for 100 ETH or $255,000. Jesus fucking Christ. A thousand of them for $255,000. Oh, my God. It's close to 20 million. That's insane. Yeah. So, so I people just are acquired, willing to buy it. Yeah. And so here's what people are putting together. I've acquired this crazy label that has historic st- albums that have huge implications for history, genre, and people's lives. And I have access to a system that is really good at creating little tiny bits of content that people will buy for multi millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. One, let's put one and one together here. People are put thinking that Snoop is trying to make all of these iconic records, take them off streaming services, and make them NFTs, baby. Yeah, yeah, Not fun, <laughs> right? And uh, I literally the story just broke, but people are upset. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, from what I've seen from the social media and stuff like that. I mean, it hasn't broke s- that much, but people are slowly putting it together. I do have to put in here that Dre specifically Dre's attorney, Howard King issued a statement saying they, these are false reports regarding our owner or death rose ownership of Dr. Dre's the chronic Dr. Dre owns 100% of the chronic, which I'm like, that's worse for this story. Yeah, for real. That means Dr. Dre and a lot of people have been speculating on this might've been like, Hey Snoop, we're pretty close buds. You got any cool ideas? I'm a very entrepreneurial person, as you know. And they might've been like, Hey, have you checked out NFTs? Which means that because the lawyer confirmed that he owns a hundred percent of it, that the only way that it could be gone is that Dr. Dre put it down mm-hmm. and maybe they're doing it to bring demand for these albums because you can't stream them. Yeah, this isn't like a like a label not refusing to put out music, and I feel like they kind of dug themselves PR wise in this like massive hole because it's they're actively making the decision to withhold music from fans who have enjoyed the music for so long mm-hmm. and has impacted so many musicians, and I think that if you if you turn that around of like a label deciding not to sell a record, you know, and shelving a record, that's vastly different than the artist wanting to be like, hey, we already put this record out, and you know what? Fuck you guys. (laughs) We're going to sell it again for even more money to make more money, essentially. Right, and that's the thing about it, which is interesting. We've seen before, and we've been covered on the show, that people making NFT albums is not a new thing. Uh, we specifically Kings of Leon was a really big deal at the time for being like one of the first major bands to dip their toes in it. But to be honest, it's like, but they came out with the record later. They did publicly. it along streaming too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so it's, it's not like 
they withheld the record from fans too. You know what I mean? Right. I clearly, I think, and this is all speculative, but I mean, Snoop has said he wants to make an NFT label. All of these things mysteriously disappear. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for me to believe any other way of being like, you're trying to make NFTs of this. Interesting how this is right after the Super Bowl. And I was going to say that is that I think that's part of the reason is that he's kind of got the perfect trifecta going on here where the Super Bowl's brought up demand. NFTs provide a unique market experience to actually sell things at a limited amount. Mm-hmm. And he can exploit that demand into NFTs. So I, I think it's, so crazy. I mean, I I wish maybe we could find the clip, but literally there's a clip where I go, you know, we live in a world where Dr. Dre is making GTA songs and you can't listen to them. And now it's like, we're living in a world where Snoop Dogg is taking your albums that are your favorite and probably making them in an NFT. And then it's going to be way harder to stream and you might have to spend $255,000 to get it I, I legally. Feel like, I feel like the you're going to spend all this money as like an NFT consumer, right? You're going to spend all this money on this, this, this link to get to the album. And it's going to be the worst UI player ever. And, and you're just going to essentially be wasting your money. Right. If they do this, it would be probably like Joe said, a lot of NFTs are really lazy. It's not in the blockchain all the way. Like you think they just put a link in the blockchain and that probably will lead to like, 12 wave files of the album or something. You yeah, know a I drop mean? box. A drop box, basically. <laughs> so I don't know, man. It's just so crazy to me. And I went to look to see if it was gone. And it was. It was gone. And yeah. I was like, no, because I just love, especially the chronic, a lot um, from like when I was growing up. Would you buy the NFT? Uh, yeah, maybe if it wasn't. A million dollars. $255,000. Right. And like, Here's the thing. We've lived, and people have made this argument forever about the internet, that the golden age of the internet is gone. And could this be a start of a really bad part, specifically for music streaming? This is the robber baron era of the internet. Like we've <laughs> This lived is in the this... gilded age. Of... Right, exactly. I need a Robin Hood to go steal my <laughs> songs. Yeah. You know, uh, but what I'm trying to say is like they had, or really we had, the ability to literally listen to any song we wanted anytime. Mm -hmm. A lot of times for free. I will say it's still on YouTube, but yeah. And it's never going to go away like from that, but it is probably going to get taken down and like, Oh, that would be a different level. If he, if they started taking down the YouTube stuff, then that's totally, you know, they're gonna, right. They're absolutely going to do that. Well, it's pretty easy for them to put a copyright strike on if they wanted to. And they haven't yet. I haven't seen, I literally went to YouTube and found the chronic specifically, but yeah, it's insane to think about because we were living in an era that was like, we didn't know how good we had it with streaming, if that makes sense. And I am worried for a lot of these classic albums. If this becomes a trend of being like, well, we have an intrinsic value here that we can exploit Mm -hmm. by selling it as NFTs. But the problem is, is that how can I get the most money out of it? I have to up the demand. How do I up the demand? I get rid of the supply. And that is what is going to drive me crazy is that if this is actually what's going on. And again, he hasn't, he hasn't taken the albums and made them in NFTs yet, but he said specifically he wants to make an NFT label and go into the multiverse and all this kind of stuff. And has been making has literally as of Monday made a mixtape of death row recordings in an NFT space. 
Hmm. And they're going to take as much money as they physically can for it. And I don't blame them for that in like necessarily for trying to get the most money out of their work. What I blame is this anti-consumer mindset of trying to monetize, you know, these things by going into NFTs, which have so many problems. We did a deep dive on it, but like, I don't even want to go into all the NFT stuff, but like there's so many problems with that space. So you're already supporting that. And then there's the idea that you're taking away the ability to listen to your music in a easy fashion because you were greedy because you wanted people to be like, no, actually I own the chronic because I own an NFT of the chronic. It's going to be all those fucking, what's that guy? The pharma guy. Oh, uh, Martin Scarelli. Yeah. It's going to be a bunch of those people being like, I own the chronic now. You know what I mean? Yeah, it is a hundred (laughs) percent. I, I, I was actually, that was the first thing that popped in my head was the Wu Tang. Which is important to note, but I feel like at the end of the day, that was almost, that was an album that was created. And no one heard it. No one heard it. You were actively taking away this album, albums, I have to say, from the public that they've known for almost 30 years now. Yeah. And literally going, if you want it, pay for it again. And not only that, but pay a a lot more. Probably because they want to drive up scarcity of it. Yeah. And so, like, I, I wonder also, especially with hip-hop and rap, if this could become a trend, because we've seen a lot of people in that space be extremely entrepreneurial. I mean, we're talking about Kanye with his merch and all that kind of stuff, and the and the player I mentioned in the newsletter. Jay-Z, historically, super... I mean, everyone's always, like, you know, who just listens to music, they go, Jay-Z, is that the guy married to Beyonce? And I'm like, yeah, he's a billionaire because he just fucking, he does not make that much money off his he music. He bought the New York Knicks at yeah, one point. <laughs> which is crazy because he's so entrepreneurial. I mean, P. Diddy's another one that's super entrepreneurial from those groups. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if it could be a trend in hip hop, especially to take these precious albums that are history away from the public and go, well, I'm not going to live forever and I want my kids to have a crazy payday. So let's take, you know, my favorite album, take it off everything because I own it now and I have enough money to buy it from either a label in Snoop's case or maybe just buy it one off from another label if you're another artist and be like, let's resell it because these people who have crazy wealth will pay for it for the notoriety more than the music, Mm -hmm. which I just think is insane. Like, Yeah, I think it's insane. I I do think... That with, you know, I don't value music as like, I deserve this music necessarily, but I do feel like music is, it's almost like books where I personally think that it's, it should be available for everybody, you know? Like, I just think that like creation, like human creation like that, it should be free and available to people. And like, yes, you should make money off of it, like when you can, but ultimately making it accessible, as accessible as you can is important. If I was talking yeah. about nothing albums too, this would be a different story. Yeah, exactly. But like, this is stuff that we've literally grown up with that has been rel- readily available. And it's kind of insane to just like take that back from people, you know? And now I feel like it's going to drive up the secondary market of like, you know, Dr. Dre CDs and, right. and stuff like that. And that's the thing like that crazy. I'm wondering. Well, and I think it'll lead to piracy, to be honest with you, because at the end of the day, we've I agree. seen I don't think that the fans of, are going to 
are going to pay for it. No, and that's the problem with this whole thing is like, and that's, it goes all the way back to streaming as a service in general, which is kind of the problem with it is that a lot of these people feel like they have to do these, like, you know, let's take it away from the general good of society where people can actually do it because streaming does not allow me to make, you know, a fair price on streaming. Mm -hmm. And so like at the end of the day, I'm mad about the move only because, you know, it is one of my favorite. It's like, especially the chronic, like I said, even doggy style, there's such good albums and I hate to see it go. And I just do not want this to start as a trend and us to lose this availability of it. I just think the timing is so bad, particularly, particularly now because there's so much bad press about NFTs right now. Well, Snoop is very into it. He's got the he's got an NFT profile pic. I mean, I'm sure he's into it like uh, every celebrity is into it because they want to make money at the end of the day, but I do think that the majority of people and consumers are kind of losing interest in this a lot. Yeah, I know you sent me that article. I saw that and Yeah, the, it was a Forbes article. Yeah, it was about um I, I didn't include it. Maybe I can find it later. But uh the point is is that it was basically saying how consumers are confused and don't understand NFTs in the metaverse. And so they're losing interest because the buzz is over than them just being a new thing, Mm -hmm. which I, to, to clarify, I agree with some parts of that, uh, article, but I also disagree. Right. I also simplified it. So just go read the article. I'll probably link it below. If once I find it after the episode ends, but the point is, is that like, yeah, I, I think that, Maybe they think it's a ticking clock with NFTs too. Yeah, and they're like, well, shit, people are losing interest. We got to get this out now, um, which and, I guess. And at the but, end of the day, he does own it. I mean, he worked his ass off to get to the place where he was to be able to own this like label and own it. Yeah, but, I mean, I guess so. And like it is their art and, you know, it would they ultimately you're right. They own but it. Like they can do whatever they want. How much money is too much money is kind of the thing that I'm going that, with. That, but also how rude can you be to your fans? That is so true. You know, like how rude can you be to them? These are the people who have supported your lifestyle for so long, who are fans of your work. And you're just going to like, like turn your nose against them to the highest bidder. And we talked about, I mentioned in the last episode when we talked about the Dua Lipa lawsuit, how she said in that uh, song exploder episode, it's like the songs aren't mine anymore. They're almost owned by the fans. There's so many people that have that. And you know, like, at the end, like when I listened to some of that stuff, I was listening today on YouTube because literally panicking because I was like, I might not be able to listen to this anymore. Yeah, if they pi- take it down. Get that YouTube down because I don't up. want to pirate it. <laughs> and I, I don't, you know, I don't like piracy and I don't like the legal aspect of it personally. But it's like if I lose the ability to do this, I'm losing part, you know, of this music I grew up with that I really enjoyed. And a lot of other people are feeling that too. And that just causes a negative emotion. I don't want Snoop and Dre to be seen, you know, after their career for their music and be like, remember when they got really grubby and they just like took all of their music down, maybe to start NFTs. That's the thing. And I'm afraid of other people, you know, using their fan base and in the newsletter I talked about on Kanye West could get people to buy 8.6 8.6 million units of a $200 device. Mm-hmm. He can get people to buy an NFT if he wants to for sure. Yeah. For, I mean, absolutely. But, like the but thing, it, the morality of it yeah. is, is kind of, it, it's, it's a little gray. And it would be and, different if it was open market and it was like, Hey, 
we're taking it all down. You have to rebuy it for $10 or something. I'm tired of streaming. I would get that more because it's readily accessible to most people. Yeah. A streaming service is around $10, $15, even $20. If you said, hey, you have to buy it for $30, $40, I would go, that's a little high, but I kind of get it. But because specifically with NFTs, they're marketed at these really high wealthy people that can pay $255,000 for equivalently a mixtape. Mm-hmm. It becomes out of the reach of the common person. And the worst thing in this world is to take music access away from people, especially when they've had it for so long. Yeah, I 100% I agree. Um, do, and like you said before, we don't know specifically if they're going to launch We NFTs. don't know, but like there's nothing. But there's nothing else that it could really be. Well, because there's not really like I a don't label understand. Dispute. Here's the thing. They made no comment at all to billboard. I've seen nothing that Snoop has said like, Hey, this is what we're doing. He's only publicly talked about with death row specifically, you know, being interested in having the catalog back, doing the NFT label thing, taking it into the multiverse. So I just have to put one and one together. And I just think it's important to call out now before something happens. Just and so we have a retrospective and be like, yeah, we saw this coming. There were signs and, you know, going mm-hmm. where Snoop publicly said, this is what I'm going to do. And everybody was just like, okay. I mean, the backlash of it isn't severe, but I'd be worried if it caught on um, specifically yeah, and just, in the space. I, I think it could potentially, but I also do think they are huge in the music industry. But that's the thing, Joe, is like, they're so huge. They're so monumental in so many people's lives. That's why it makes it even worse. Yeah. Because you're taking (laughs) it away from so many more people. Like we talked about the Wu-Tang thing and the Kings of Leon thing. That was a new album. People hadn't actually had a emotional attachment to that yet. Mm -hmm. But now they're taking away 30 years of listening for some people. Yeah. You know what I mean? To, you know, fund these huge things. Potentially, but that's the only direction. If he made a comment, if he said anything, maybe it would have a different story. But it's so weird that he removed the entire catalog. Snoop is just vibing somewhere in a bunker. <laughs> like, I mean, him and his crypto punk's Twitter profile picture are yeah. just there. It is. He looks Man, pretty good. I mean, it's it's a rough. I would profile say pick. I would <laughs> say that it's. Uh, 100 ETH worth of a crypto (laughs) Nice. Nice. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You know, it's really hard to follow that story, I feel like, because it's, well, it's you're just also so, going to it more boils my blood a little yeah, bit. Yeah, <laughs> we're going to, well, I mean, this is this is very topical. This is very in everyone's mind. So I, I think you don't have to feel bad about it because you're covering something, in my opinion, even more important. <laughs> well, thanks, Colin. I, I appreciate that. Um, but with that said, is Russia bad for business? So as the Ukrainian war wages on, we've seen many businesses internationally close their offices and have refused to sell products to the country and its citizens. Products that include MasterCard, Visa, American Express, PayPal, Ikea, H&M, Shell, ExxonMobil, yada, 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 bunch of companies, and now Spotify, which has stated that it will be shutting down premium Spotify for the Russian market. Now, the shutdown accumulated a loss of 1.5 million paying customers in the first quarter, according to Paul Vogel, Spotify's CFO. But Russia only represents less than 1% of Spotify's total revenue of 9.67 billion euros, which is equivalent to $10.93 billion. So although this is a negligible amount of money in the grand scheme for the company, the value that this has for international and most importantly Russian artists is huge. And now many of these creators are essentially being deplatformed overnight in the country. So Spotify isn't the only media company that has taken a stand against the country. Twitch has also recently withheld payments for Russian streamers as economic sanctions against the country continue and more and more businesses are being forced to close shop, mostly due to the absence of MasterCard, Visa, and American Express and PayPal. And on the newsletter, I wrote about the big three have gotten out of Russia completely. That yeah, Warner, exactly. Sony, and Universal. Which, like, at that point, they're the ones who are distributing all music to internationally at that at that point right and so like it's it's way harder as an artist to get your you know songs listened to in another country without a big three deal but you know this is kind of important especially with like a lot of these businesses aren't really like you know they're they're being pressured by the u.s government to pull out right and like western governments to pull out but what's even more important is that a lot of these businesses aren't making any money because they can't get paid through their systems, they have to get paid by MasterCard, Visa, or PayPal. And so without any viable like payment delivery system, they don't have any infrastructure to stand on anymore. So what does this mean for music specifically? 
Well, obviously, we have stated in other episodes that the music industry, at least the Western style of it, is completely on hold in Russia, and more and more music companies are refusing to distribute there as the war wages on. But what does this mean for business in general? Well, this might be a nihilistic view, but in my opinion, I do see some of these companies maybe attempting some sort of shady back-end business to hijack the Russian market while everyone else is gone. So supply and demand, right? So if all of these other companies are gone, one company could swoop in and just take over the market. Um, But the hard thing is getting supply to the country as there's literally a war and closed borders. And and, sanctions. And sanctions as well. But also, you know, with the sanctions, Russian civilian wealth has suffered dramatically. You can actually Google the ruble and like watch as the Ukrainian war uh, began waging and like just the dramatic drop in value for the currency. Yeah. And many, many Russian uh, citizens are upset and unfortunately upset with Western, you know, culture because they're getting fed this like continuous lie that like we're the reason, you know, that Russia had to invade Ukraine. The propaganda machine is at work. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of these businesses, they can come in, but they, you know, they might be able to come in and like maybe swoop a market, but you know, these people can't pay them. Well, that, and you, you know, you have so much scrutiny, like just in your own business, trying to work in there, especially if you're from an outside place, even if you are a Russian entity trying to do it, yeah, it would be very difficult to you know to to withstand the economic blowback from it that and also just you know like you're saying the the budget for music and i wrote about this a little in the newsletter is so low compared to living Mm -hmm. absolutely but here's the thing is like i i do think you know these companies might not be able to make it work but some of these bigger companies that could have like you know subsidiaries under a different name or something could come in they could corner the market and they might look at it more as an investment, right? This isn't working this year. This might work 10 years from now, though. Like, we might be in on it before anybody else is, right? Since everybody else left. And that's kind of almost what I wondered with when we talked about with uh, Zach Kuhn, like Russians' uh, shows, is I thought somebody taking a gamble here and going, well, maybe this Ukrainian war thing will be over in a week or two. Mm-hmm. And then clearly they've been wrong, but maybe they were like, well, if it's over and then we can just go play in there and there's nobody going to play, yeah. then our show will sell out, you know? Yeah, absolutely. But taking my tin hat off and looking at it more as an objective point of view, is Russia bad for business? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, pretty bad. But I do think the greater importance is how serious Western businesses are taking this very real and tangible threat that Putin has made against the West And what might be even worse for business is another world war, which I think a lot of a lot of bigger businesses are are viewing as a worse event for them financially. Well, because at the end of the day, what do business care about? Do they care about lives, Colin? No, they care about business. Exactly. So, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I, I think specifically for music, you could see people trying to put the uh, pawns in play for if Russia you know, backs down or we have some sort of treaty or something like that to kind of come into the market and go, hey, we can corner this. Even though the market has been significantly 
shortened because the ruble has fallen in price so bad. Mm-hmm. Like the the buying power of these people has fallen so much. You know, cornering a market, no matter how small, is very valuable. In the end of the day, I mean, we've even seen companies trying to buy Russian debt because of this. Yeah. Um, which could be interesting in the long run, uh, especially because, like you're saying, I mean, Spotify said it's 1%, right? But why were they concerned about it in the first place? Because they believe Russia is a emerging market. And so they believe that they can have more sales in Russia in the long term. Mm-hmm. Not you have to go wrestle against an Amazon Music and Apple. Like You could go find people that don't even stream. and show, That's what these companies, when they say going international, love. Is these people they can expose their product to without that much competition in the marketplace. And since they have so many resources from being such a big company, they can destroy the competition when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. We've seen Spotify try to do that actually in India as well. But the point is, is that, yeah, I'm sure there are people, not just in the music industry, that are looking, waiting for hopefully the end of this for economic purposes. And that's just very shitty and morally corrupt, but it's going to happen. So it's ignorant for me not to say that it will, in my opinion Mm -hmm. for music, it will be extremely interesting because there's one thing that people like to do after a uh, terrible, terrible event. It's uh, get down literally uh, and have a good time. And so (laughs) no, one of my dad's theories, which I think is funny, but the more I get older it kind of makes sense as he goes every time something really really bad happens there's a dance craze yeah absolutely i mean the parties are wild right because people want escapism well his idea was like what happened after world war ii swing like big swing edm rock and roll (laughs) what happened what happened after vietnam edm disco (laughs) um what Damn. after? Here, I'll give you an easy one. What happened after uh, the, the war in Iraq? Yeah, disco. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, that that's the point. Is that this is uh, definitely a market that if you don't think that people are willing to try to just plan out what they're going to do next, mm-hmm. they they're waiting and they're waiting to get it. And it might be less, you know. Oh, I want to go play there. It might be more we can get some capital in here and buy some Russian businesses for really cheap and set up our new music office and, you know, corner live entertainment or yeah, corner I publishing. Mean, or they corner. talked about, there's a great uh, New York times article that we'll link in the description, but they talked about how, uh, you know, in comparison to the start of world war two and during world war two, a lot of businesses still did business in Germany. Um, because generally I think there was more of a moral separation between business and you know, morals, I guess, which is not great. Well, also, and we've learned a lot. The 24-hour news cycle really makes it hard for you to, you know, hide hide it. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. But they talked about how PepsiCo and, um, uh, or actually Coca-Cola was one of the companies that continued to make drinks in Nazi Germany. Um, And they're one of the companies that decided to pull out of Ukraine now. So that's an example of companies learning their lesson, I think. But... It's also a fear. I feel like companies on the face end, they have this fear over public backlash. Mm -hmm. But there is, I think, in this specific situation, there's so many other aspects where it's like the infrastructure isn't there anymore. There's a huge pressure from Western governments to to get you out of there, essentially. Um, And 
there's not really a easy viable way to make money in Russia unless you're investing for the long term. So, which is what everyone was trying to do in the first place when they thought it was a growth market. Yeah, but now it's like adding another maybe 20 years right, to, to that, that. They timeline. Thought, they thought, you know, like two years ago, we give this another five to 10 years. Now it's like, I, you give this another 20 yeah, years. Yeah, I really don't think Russia or specifically Putin realizes how fucked he made his country when it comes to global market. Because as much as Putin wants to pretend like Russia isn't a part of the global market, it very much was dependent on it. And we've seen how much blowback yeah. has come from and it. And it goes all the way to music business at the end of the day. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories. And we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Yeah, let's talk about our last topic. I wanted to uh, talk about this because we recently saw the movie, but I thought it was really a great example of sync and brand recognition, like recognizing how two brands could be matched together yeah. very well. Um, so we're talking about the Batman. So first off, no spoilers. Vengeance. That was the only spoiler. Vengeance. Um, anyway, so, uh, basically Nirvana, if you haven't seen the movie has a big song in the movie and it plays at the beginning of the end. That's pretty much just descriptive of the movie. I was going to go. It's called something in the way, which is from 1991's nevermind, which is, you know, kind of the theme song of the movie. Mm-hmm. It's very tied in. Sad like indie fit, boy music. Yeah, it fits right into it. Yeah. Um, and this has led to great success in streaming numbers. For the song in particular, we're seeing a 731% increase in from the first four days after the movie came out. Damn. The song itself has never been released as a single 
and is one of the least celebrated songs of the classic album, says Variety. And I would pretty much agree. Funny enough, uh, one of our listeners, Caleb, who I work with, hey, hey, Caleb. Anyway, uh, Caleb was telling me, he goes, man, that was like my favorite Nirvana song. And I was telling him about maybe we're going to talk about it on the show. And he's like, I saw it was at number five. Why is it number five? And I was like, oh, it's in Batman. And he was like, really? And, I was like, and he was like, yeah, I don't watch that. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's in Batman. That's why it's really big. And he's like, I was wondering why this random song that's always <laughs> been like my favorite just, just randomly, randomly got popular. Yeah, everybody was like, I really love this. Like, Yeah, I B-side. mean, the placement of it in the movie is pretty great. It's very important like, to it's, why it's successful. Yeah, it's integral. To, it's actually, I would argue that is the theme of the movie instead of the, I'm just going to be honest. I feel like the main theme is so lazy. <laughs> like the... I don't even, I don't even remember it, really. But yeah. That's, that's essentially the Darth Vader theme. I'm, it's like in the same key. It's very low. It's kind of reminiscent of Christopher Nolan scores, but like our Hans Zimmer scores. So yeah. It's very why. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> at the end of the day. It's, it's a it floats score. people's boat, but I do think this song is more important. Than oh, yeah, because that. it's recognizable, which yeah. is the most important thing about it. And it ties into the brand. To put off about how big the song was, it ballooned to seventy from 72,000 streams to 1.6 million streams a week. Damn. Yeah. That's insane. Um, and the gloom of the doom, the gloom and doom of the song goes excellent with the film, like I was saying, if you haven't seen it. But Cob- Cobain described it as quote, like if I was living under a bridge and was dying of AIDS, if I was sick and I couldn't move and I was totally street person, this was the kind of fantasy of it, which doesn't really scream. This could be really good for popular market. Yeah, at all. <laughs> right. It's super not pop friendly at all. Like no, you wouldn't. But to be, to be fair, this movie isn't really necessarily. I would right? say it is because it has the name Batman in it. Well, yeah, for sure. But we've seen how DC, especially like especially in the Batman universe, I feel like has gotten edgier and edgier and weirder and weirder. But it's still friendly compared to the song because if you just put like this song would be like in the girl with the dragon tattoo three. Like that's the vibe of the song. It gives me more is that like, it would be like, Oh, this movie is going to have like some crazy twists and be really dark. And, uh, Batman doesn't necessarily scream that, but the way that he is in the movie, it fits really, really well. And I just thought it'd be a great highlight of sync and the power of sync here, because at the end of the day, the only reason this worked is because the brands matched up so well. Yeah. And hundred percent. I think it's really funny compared to like the TikTok promo of the day. Mm-hmm. Cause everyone goes, you know, make a TikTok, just fucking sit in your car. Like my joke, but like it's, you know, it goes to show the power of traditional sync licensing yeah, can, in that way. It can just really push you a hundred percent. And plus the payout of that too is insane. It's, it's very no, direct. It, it can help your artist career immensely if you can get into it this is a movie you'd be getting a check for for the rest of your life oh like, absolutely 100 percent. i mean this is big of a placement this currently is a classic superhero movie it's like top five for some people 100%. yeah and it, it was such a big movie and it's also with sync licensing it depends on the context of how it's placed and this song is super in the front mm-hmm. so it's also way bigger money yeah i i what's funny is you know i I kind of thought that superhero movies were going to start dying out a little bit, but this is a giant release. Like we haven't seen this release since pre COVID at least in the the American market. Well, yeah, because COVID really messed movie theaters up. But I also say that like, 
it's it's very different tonally from the Marvel superhero movies. So I think that's why it just is set apart in yeah. a lot of ways. But going back to the music, I think we could also talk about like why this is important to get these brands matched up and why it can be super bad if you do bad sync is <laughs> oh, what I'll call it. Yes. <laughs> because at the end of the day, you have to think about it like this. I think that a lot of people today have, you know, we started the 60s and 70s with don't ever sell out, man. Don't sell your artistry. You know, all this kind of stuff. Now, now it's like, please sell out. Yeah, please sell but your that's artistry. dangerous is what I'm trying to get at is that if you put yourself in a bad situation as an artist or you're managing an artist or something like that, and it's in a movie that has an insane negative response, let's say, Mm -hmm. and you were just like, man, I just want to get this back. Or, you know, this movie has some insane controversy with it. If you put your music in a movie, it becomes permanently intertwined in the movie. Funny enough with copyright, because that's how the copyright works for the movies. You can never separate the songs out of the movies. Yeah. Once you get that final render, it's over. Well, that's actually funny enough. Why TV shows, if you've ever watched a good example of scrubs on Netflix, why all the songs are changed Mm -hmm. movie TV shows don't work like that. They can change the sync licensing after the fact movies permanently part of the copyright. You cannot take the song out of a movie like Mm -hmm. that because it is part of the copyright of the movie, which is why if you ever watch re-releases of old movies, the songs are always the same. But anyway, that also is why it could be super bad, is that you can't get your song out of this thing. So (laughs) if you were like... If you're in Kirby Fully Loaded, you're in in it. (laughs) Right. You are with... Lindsay driving that car, baby. I don't care what, you know, now I'm just thinking of her just driving the car. Something in the way. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. I just think it's so funny, but that would be like a terrible thing, especially that's a great example. Actually, if like that song was in Herbie fully loaded, people would go, this is so stupid. It's not even close to the taste of Nirvana. It's super in the face of Kurt Cobain after he died. Did I mistakenly said Kirby? Is it Herbie? It's, it's Herbie. Herbie. Shit. Herbie fully loaded. Damn. Kirby I'm fully sorry, loaded. Are you Herbie thinking fans. of like the pink guy? You know, like. Well, I was thinking of the car, but I said Kirby. So now it's the pink guy who ate Herbie. Yeah. So. God damn it. Anyway, <laughs> so the point is, is that I think it's really funny because I do talk to a lot of artists and they're always like, I'm looking for a sync deal, man. Always looking for a sync deal. <laughs> it's like a drink. You're making them sound like they're looking for drugs. In some aspects, it's very close. Man, I need the sync really bad. I need bad. that sync deal, man. I need my song to be, I need Netflix to give me that check every week into my veins. <laughs> you know, like that's what it's like though, because you just don't make money off of traditional streaming in that way and they will pay out, but you have to realize there is a cost to it. They Mm -hmm. will keep that in there. They will not separate it from movies specifically, but also TV shows will be like, fuck that. Why would we separate it? You sign this contract. But yeah, I mean, let's say you signed for a movie, right? And you didn't really know entirely. They said like, Oh, this is a movie. Like, what if you signed up? Like, let's go back to our previous story. It's like, let's you signed into a movie about the Ukrainian war and what's going on there or whatever, and shining a light on it. And you'd be like, yeah, that's great. Here, here's my song. And then you get it, and it's literally like Russian propaganda. And then your song is the Russian propaganda song, you know? Yeah. Like, being like, see, Russia did nothing wrong. And every, like, that's what I mean by bad sync. And there are times where it can be like that. It works both ways, by the way, too. I mean, 
if you're a brand and you have an artist, you are kind of intertwined with them in some ways, especially if you pay someone who's super controversial for your music and people know it because your brands are just intertwined by having a connection. And in this interconnected world where I can literally, you know, Google a song, find a song really fast and go, Oh, like here's a bad person. That's R Kelly. That's a Marilyn Manson song. And be like, what the fuck? Glade trash bags. Like, <laughs> why are you giving money to these terrible people? It'd actually be kind of an iconic sink. You want Marilyn Manson and the fucking Glade trash? Well, bags no, himself? just like, oh. uh, uh, a, hardcore song in a, in a Glade commercial. Funny enough, um, I had a perfect sync deal that they will never pay enough money for for, uh, for uh, Glade. I always thought it would be funny if uh, they did the Beatles and it's uh, with a love like that, you know you should be Glade <laughs> instead of Glad. Thank you. Pay me for that commercial when it <laughs> happens. Anyway, it's it's also a Beatles song that's big, but it wouldn't be too expensive. Okay, Keep going. okay, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> this is perfect. With a love like that, you should be Glade. Anyway, that's what I'm saying, though, is they're intertwined, and I think a lot of people are just like, oh, good. Everybody's like, get that bag. You can do that. You, they just don't think about it sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's insane with that because I asked people on the poll, I said, Hey, what do you guys think of intertwining movies and TV and songs? Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, no, they don't care. Nobody cares anymore. Colin, I can get that fucking bag. Nobody cares. And so I asked them, I said, specifically, do you care what type of movies your favorite songs are in? And 33% of you said yes. And that's a notable percentage is that if a third of you have a, you know, are like, I actually care where your song is. I actually care if it's in something I find offensive. I actually care if, you know, you are aligned with an offensive brand or something I don't care for, or it seems like you're just trying to make that money because you're greedy. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's how I wanted to bring it up because I just always, man, got to get that sink. Yeah, I got to get it. Yeah. Got to get that. Got to get that. Yeah, you know who needs so much more sink? Fucking black eyed peas. Let's bring them back, baby. Right? Are you, have you been listening to black eyed peas? I do. I have. That's been, Colin's favorite band. Yeah, by so the way. favorite. I. <laughs> it's just because I was like listening to black eyed peas like for a while, and I was like, you know, some of these songs are bad, and then I went, some of these songs are really bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans, and yet there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. What have you been listening to? Um, well, I'm going to rep him again. Honestly, Sam uh, Gillenteri, uh, his new song, New Wave, is amazing. Uh, talk about dance music. I, I love his stuff and the direction he's going with his his production and music. Some of the best vocal, um, I feel like tuning, but also just vocal production that I've heard in a lot of mixes, mm-hmm. especially on Spotify. Um, also, Girlhouse released uh, their single Paul Blart Mall Cop. Uh, definitely check that out. I love um, Girlhouse. Got to. Um, Meet them backstage one time, actually, which was really fun. They're great people. Um, and then, yeah, um, what else have I been listening to? Honestly, not really that much this week. I've been doing a lot of podcasting. I feel like just I'm really glued to the Ukraine situation um, and a lot of news podcasts, and I'm just kind of just trying to keep up to date, which is very depressing. I feel like at a certain point I should stop, but... It's kind of my fix at this point. I mean, everybody know? wants to know more information about it. So yeah, it, it's just anybody. it's a little scary, and um, but I'm glad that we have some good music coming along the way to kind of help us get through it. So, Colin, what have you been listening? Um, to? I was listening to something in the way, obviously, because I covered on the show. But like, yeah, that song, I was. It's very good in the context of the movie. I'm usually not a Nirvana fan, but I do really like that song. I mean, it literally is the epitome TikTok where the guys just put on all the black makeup and they're just like, I am Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think it's so funny. It's really funny to watch people who do it ironically. And then there's all the bros that are like, I own a motorcycle, so I am Bruce Wayne. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then uh, I was listening to Real Big Fish, um, which everyone loves when Colin puts ska music on in the car. No, nobody loves that. <laughs> anyway, uh, I was listening to that and... It's, it is really, really good because I do like um, I, I do like the first song a lot, which is called Sellout, which is actually on the anti-establishment playlist. But um, it's so catchy. But the rest of it is fucking wild. Yeah. And I was just listening to it, and I went, what the fuck is happening with this album? It just feels so weird now. It's one of those trends where, like, look, I've listened to all the trend music before. I've listened to, like, Swing. I've listened to disco. I've listened to house music. I've listened to EDM. You know, Ooh, like all the way, uh, all the way up to uh, what, whatever that. What's the one? Uh, not pop punk. 
Uh, pop punk was a trend though. Anyway, uh, I've listened to a lot of trendy music and I was like, let's listen to ska. Now we, we're an adult. We can figure out what we think about ska. So I was listening to it and I was like, damn, this song is really good. And the rest of it, I'm like, oh man, this is Rough. some white people music. Let me tell you, <laughs> it's really, really early. So like, um, it, you know, you're talking like 1996 for like ska, which is like, Still had like three more, four more years of ska after that. Yeah, but it it's so strange because honestly, when I listened to it, I went, "This reminds me of country music." Mm. <laughs> I don't know why. It literally feels like I. It's just that because hurts a little bit. It's just because the way they sing is very reminiscent of country singers. Yeah, now, which makes so much sense because it's like, who are country singers that are really big now? People that grew up in the nineties. Mm-hmm. So they de- like, it's almost like I bet I could hold a microphone up at like an ACM or CMA and be like, did you guys listen to Scott? Tell the truth, please. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> don't go away from the microphone. Like, um, I did. Please don't cancel. Me. Right. Exactly. It'd be like, Hey, did you listen to real big fish? Tell me right now. Did you listen to Scott cover bands? You don't, you don't have to it's say still uncool. blink once. If you listen really to Scott cover uncool. bands. <laughs> Oh my god! But yeah, it was it was really strange. But it's like very sing songy. And um, the other song I would say on there that's like okay is like she has a girlfriend now. But also there's another song which I was like this is like serendipity it was Snoop Dogg Baby, which I was like it's weird oh, after man. reading about it. <laughs> yeah, it is. If you ever want to hear like that joke that you know all oh, the Scott's super white, this is the album to listen to it. <laughs> Hell yeah! Uh, but yeah, it was pretty good. Well, um, speaking of ska, I'm going to skedaddle out of here. <laughs> All right. Is that a good one? Is that a good one? Let's catch you later, alligator. What do you want? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like a Dennis the Menace character now. Thank you guys so much for sticking around and listening to The Biz Tape. You can find us everywhere at The Biz Tape or email us, thebiztapepodcast at gmail.com. And what really helps out as well is if you guys want to leave a rating for us on wherever you're listening to our podcast. Um, I personally would give us a five-star rating, but I, I don't know. Colin, what do you think? Five-star? Um, I mean, Maybe two. Please don't give us a two-star. I mean, a two-star <laughs> two restaurant is still a good restaurant, right? What? Like no. star? No. Four-star is like, I feel like the bare minimum for restaurant. Okay. Two bare star. minimum. Wait, where, when is the last time you've been to a two-star restaurant? Like two Have been star restaurants? Have you been taking Rachel to two-star restaurants? Yeah, I thought it was like two Michelin star <laughs> restaurants. Isn't oh, Michelin star. Okay, okay. Yeah, okay. I mean, I guess. Give us whatever rating you want. Give us as many Michelin give, give stars us, yeah. as you want. Please comment Michelin after the rating. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 
I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.